Getting Botox can actually be good for you? We all know about the aesthetic enhancements Botox and other cosmetic procedures can provide, but did you know that there are a growing list of benefits beyond just helping us look good? I'm Prakash Chandran, and in this episode of Healthy Takeout, we'll talk about the benefits of modern-day Botox and cosmetic procedures. Here with us to discuss is Dr. Arturo, a plastic surgeon at Harrington Healthcare. Pleasure to have you here, Dr. Arturo. So let's get right into it. Besides its ability to fill in fine lines and wrinkles, what are some other uses for Botox? In general, Botox helps a lot in the appearance of the patient's uh, physique when they are talking. A lot of my patients state that after Botox, other family members or co-workers said, you don't look as angry as you used to look. You look happier. You look smoother. So the ability to present themselves as a better personality, if you will, to show your real inner happiness is more uh, present than, uh, than without the Botox. I love what you said there about helping people look less angry. I definitely know, definitely know a couple of people in my life that could use some of that Botox. But I've also heard that there are some benefits beyond just making you look more useful or, or youthful or less angry. Can you talk a little bit about those? If one starts using Botox early in life, those little wrinkles or deeper wrinkles will not be as noticeable later on in life, and the possibility of necessity of surgical treatment will be significantly delayed. That is as far as the Botox on the face. There are other uses as far as sweating in the axilla, sweating in the hands that uh, are not FDA approved, but most plastic surgeons, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons approves it. And we've been using this for years and is very helpful. Personally, I use uh, Botox in my axillas for sweating and it has helped me uh, in the clothing that I use at work and in society. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've heard that it's used quite a bit for that underarm sweating and is it also true that it can help with migraines? Indeed, uh, for migraines, I personally do not manage migraines. That is not my field of expertise. I have had a couple of patients that because of the distance uh, between the patient and the physician, patients that are in Boston or in Hartford, the physician gives me the data that the patient requires as far as dose and location for the injections. Uh, as an anecdote, my late wife used to have migraines. I started injecting her uh, with Botox for cosmetic reasons, and her migraines disappeared. Uh, again, I am not a uh, specialist on headaches, so I do not uh, manage this type of uh, condition. Um, it has been used also in uh, patients with gastroesophageal reflux, with anal fissures in patients that have had paralysis of the face for trismus and uh, other dyskinesias of the face. These problems I do manage, and I have a handful of patients that have these type of problems, and I do manage these problems. Wow, it seems like over time the benefits uh, from using Botox have really just grown and grown. So beyond just those aesthetic uh, use, use cases for it, 
you know, you talked about the sweating, you talked about uh, migraine, you talked about a lot of different things. So before we get too excited and I'll rush to get Botox, I'm sure that there are actually potential risks or best practices uh, to implement when getting Botox. Can you talk a little bit about that? The risk of um, Botox ingestion is very little. And Botox is actually uh, a toxin created by uh, a bacteria and is the toxin that causes botulism. The amount of Botox that one needs to die from it is 300,000 units. And the maximum amount that I have injected is 500 units. So well, well, well beyond before the, the dose of um, uh, causing significant problems as far as the entire health of the individual. Uh, locally, in May, we call it bleed, which means it moves a little bit beyond the area of injection. And if that happens, one can get paralysis of muscles that we did not desire to paralyze. Specifically, when we do Botox in the glabella area, which is in the lower forehead in the 11s that people call, one can have displacement of Botox inferiorly and damage the levator papilla superiori, which is the muscle that elevates the eyelid, and one can have a droopy eyelid. Fortunately, this is temporary. Fortunately, this is partial, but um, this is a most common complication of Botox, and it happens in the glabella area. If one injects Botox in the forehead on a patient that has already a lower brow, it may have consequences as far as the appearance of the eyelid. So this is the type of discussion that you have to have before injection in, in the different locations that we can do in the different areas of the face. It's really good to know that because I know people are probably considering it on different areas of their body to help them look more youthful or some of the other reasons that we talked about. I want to get a little bit into when uh, maybe it's it's overusing Botox. You talked about that you're only injecting a little a little amount, but how often can people get Botox and how much is too much? I don't believe there is any plastic surgeon that will inject too much Botox. As I said before, the amount of Botox that you need to cause a significant problem as far as the health of the individual is very rare. So nobody has injected those amounts. As far as when to start to use Botox, it completely depends. There are some... Um, Friends of mine, some assistants of mine that started using Botox when they were 26, 28 years old, and their friends said, why are you doing this? Now those people are 37, 38, 39, and they have no lines on their faces. And their friends said, what have you been doing to your face? I've been telling you what I have been doing forever. So there is no real time when one sh should start with this. And... Um, it depends on when it bothers you and what bothers you. Once you decide that something bothers you, you can go to a plastic surgeon, an esthetician, and they can discuss with you the different possibilities. And I suggest that you go to somebody that is board certified to do this, just in case there is a, a partial indication or a, a 
possible problem that it could be discovered before the injection. That's really good advice. Go to a board-certified uh, plastic surgeon to just get a consultation about what are the different possibilities that you can implement. So I want to talk about beyond Botox itself, what are some of the other cosmetic procedures that you do that have benefits and what are the benefits that you're seeing? One of the problems with uh, cosmetic surgery, plastic surgery, is it works. It works very, very, very well. And unfortunately, or fortunately, people get addicted to it. The uh, men and women, we do a lot to try to look good. We go to a hairdresser. We change the color of our hair. We buy clothes. We exercise. We try to stop smoking. We try to diet. And nobody notices. Nobody notices that any of these changes happen. We go to a plastic surgeon and we do a little bit of injection of Botox, some fillers, uh, liposuction, uh, augmentation mammoplasty, and abdominoplasty, and the world notices. Everybody asks, what are you doing? So these really boost the personal image. These really enhances how one feels in front of society. I tell my patients on my first visit, unfortunately, you will love how you look and the response of other people towards you. So that is the reason that is a little bit addicting, the cosmetic surgery, because we do a lot to try to look good. Nobody notices. We do a small procedure and the world notices. That's very addicting. And it's a very nice field to be in. in. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting that, that you say that the biggest issue is that it works and also just how people view themselves after getting it done. One of the things I was actually talking to about my wife um, is about her, her, her personal appearance and how she views herself. I, of course, think that she's perfect and she looks wonderful. But for some people, they might want to fix like an eyebrow that they feel is just a little bit too low. And they have personal self-image issues that if they just got that fixed for themselves, they would feel better. Are, do you witness that a lot, that even though you don't necessarily see something um, majorly off, that people get this done just to feel better? Absolutely. And that is the other reason to go to a certified surgeon and somebody that will be honest with you. The way I describe this to patients is, first, I need to know what bothers you. Second, I need to see if I see what bothers the patient. And third, can I do something about it? And that that we're going to do about, is it, let's say, cost-effective? Um, if the patient perceives themselves as droopy eyelids and I don't see it, I will not do a blepharoplasty on that patient. If the patient comes and says, I want a breast augmentation, and they have a D-cup, that's not what the patient needs. A double D, a triple D is not uh, the best for a very small body. So a preoperative discussion, the, the first time you meet your plastic surgeon is very important. One has to feel very comfortable knowing that the surgeon will understand what the 
concerns are and can something be done about those concerns and what risks and consequences take to do those, to try to improve those concerns. And uh, yes, a lot of times I see patients that tell me uh, I have this and I say, yes, you do have it. Yes, I see it, but nobody else sees it. Leave it alone. Ignore it. Um, that is a common uh, discussion uh, with my patients. Uh, a lot of patients, of course, get um, something that is subjective and is something I can fix. And of course, that's those are the patients that we proceed with surgery. So the first consultation with your plastic surgeon is very important. And hear that the plastic surgeon will be listening really to you about the concerns that one has. Well, I think that's good advice for everyone. Just that initial conversation with your plastic surgeon is so important. And they will tell you, you know, they do uh, cosmetic procedures day in and day out, and they'll be the ones to say whether it's something that you need or not. So, uh, Dr. Arturo, I want to thank you for your insights on Botox and these other cosmetic treatments. It's really been fascinating to learn that they can not only help us look good, but, you know, just help us feel good, as, as we talked about today. So, for more information, please visit HarringtonHospital.org. Our guest today has been Dr. Arturo, and this is Healthy Takeout from Harrington Healthcare. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thank you so much for listening.